You're listening to the Inglewood College Podcast. Inglewood College is a ministry of Inglewood Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. We believe that just because this season is temporary doesn't mean it can't be deeply transformative. Love God. Love people. Serve the world. Hey, Inglewood College friends. I'm excited to bring some more encouragement here in episode four of our Peace of Mind series. If you've been following along so far, I hope it's been of some help to you and that today just kind of keeps that encouragement coming. We're going to open God's word and let it speak, knowing that his word does not return void. So that being said, let's jump into our first passage we're going to look at today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You know, I think we hear that last verse and really like to quote that line, take every thought captive. I think a lot of the time that we miss uh, the real meaning behind what's going on in the context. I think what we mean by that sometimes is get our thoughts under control or force them into submission. Like we have to get a handle on it you know, not letting our thoughts run wild as if we were actually able to do that. And as if we're the ones who our thoughts need to better serve. You know, I think we can miss, like I said, the context of that phrase. In context, Paul is responding to some people who have been bad-mouthing him and his ministry to the Corinthians. And from what I can understand, it seems to Paul that these people are presenting a false gospel as well as a false testimony about him to the people in Corinth. And they're filling the Corinthian Christians' minds with lies that are hindering them in believing the gospel. So Paul's about to go on this long defense of his ministry in the passages that follow uh, these verses. But what he says here is helpful for us, even though our context isn't exactly the same. We too have enemies that would gladly fill our minds with arguments and opinions that would cloud the truth we know about God. Our thoughts may at times be hidden behind the walls of some stronghold of lies that we've begun to believe. And we too need the gospel and the truth of God's word to come in and take our minds back so that our thoughts can again come in line with the will of God and obey Christ. But how do we go about that? To get at the how, I want us to turn to a second passage of scripture. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. So we're going to start in verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So let's pause for a second here. Uh, Here's a little bit more info about what kind of enemies we're up against. So Paul talked in 2 Corinthians in that passage about how he wasn't trying to wage war according to the flesh. And here's why. Behind the human enemies that were distracting from the gospel, he knew there were deeper things going on. And here in Ephesians 6, he's talking more about that specifically. These things he's talking about in verse 12, the rulers, the authorities, cosmic powers, spiritual forces of evil, we're involved in spiritual warfare. We have a real enemy in the devil, but he also has helpers, other fallen angels who are working against us. And why are they doing this? Because they hate God. And they hate us because God loves us, because his image is in us. And they want more than anything for us 
to be there right there with them in their rebellion against God. They don't want us to really know God. They don't want our hearts and our minds to know the truth and to run after Jesus. So they work through our sinful nature in a broken world to build up strongholds of lies that lure people in and trap them. Lies about who we are and what we're made for. Lies about who God is and what he's doing. And we don't realize it until Christ sets us free, but our minds can easily get lured in and trapped behind the walls of just sin, sinful thinking and foolishness. Romans 1 describes how it works. It says that people set aside the truth about God and begin to serve created things rather than the creator. And there's really only one way out. It's for our eyes to be open to the truth, both for the first time in salvation, but then even then as we're Christians over and over and over again, we have to have our, our eyes reopened to the truth and reminded of the truth so that we don't get caught in the lies that Satan would like to tell us. And here's what it could look like practically. Here's a little bit of an exaggerated example uh, of how it might work to get caught in a uh, maybe a stronghold of lies. Maybe it starts with something just as general as, you know, God doesn't love you. Look what's going on in your life. There's no way that God could love you. You know, he probably would love you more if you would stop sinning so much, but you can't do that, can you? You're worthless. And since God isn't going to be taking care of you, you better try to seize control over the details of your life. But of course, you don't have what it takes to really control things. So you're small and insignificant. You just better worry about everything. And as a matter of fact, here's something to fixate on right now. And it could go on and on and on. And that's just one example of of how the trajectory of lies could could work in your life. And that may not look like anything uh, that's actually going on in your head right now. Maybe you resonate with some parts of it and not others. But the point is that anywhere our enemies can get our minds away from the truth about God and how we were made to relate to him and to his people and to his world, that's where they'll target. And if they can get you to forget or ignore the truth, they'll keep you trapped. So how do we keep from believing the lies? How do we combat the lies that we might already be believing? That's where we keep on reading in Ephesians chapter 6. Pick it up in verse 13. It says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand on the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So how do we go about doing battle for our minds? One thing we need to realize at the very beginning is that this is really more about God than it is us. This is God's armor. It's really, it's the knowledge of him that we need. It's his truth, his glory that we should be after, his image in us. And it's, it's the fact that we are his people. It's his effort and his power at work in us to overcome. It's his armor, him. He is how we win the battle. All these other things are only worth mentioning if he is providing the meaning behind it and the power. So we go down to the list of the, of the armor that is listed out here. We have the belt of truth. And I think of that phrase that you might have read in scripture before of girding up the loins, which I think means keeping your clothes kind of pulled in close to be able to do stuff. And it's kind of like this is saying to be prepared for action by having taken up and wrapped truth around you. What would it look like to circle ourselves with truth? 
you know, similar to what we talked about in the last episode, we want to take in truth, fill our hearts and our minds with it, be surrounded by it, because nothing cuts through the darkness of a lie like the light of truth. And then we have a breastplate of righteousness. Now, this would cover, if you had little armor on, your entire chest and guard your uh, heart and organs. And I think of this as being covered by Christ's righteousness. It's like his righteousness guards our hearts. And really knowing his righteousness covers me, keeps me from believing the lies that God has disappointed in me or that he's waiting for me to get it all right before I can draw near to him. And to know that any righteousness that I have or that I display in this life is gonna flow from his righteousness covering me. And then we have shoes, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. One of our children is always taking off her shoes. And that's all good until she walks on hot concrete or pointy rocks. You see, shoes provide protection for our feet so that we can walk about on whatever terrain we might come across. And when we take them off, we're not quite ready to do that, right? And so I think of this as as needing to be ready to walk through anything, and my feet are absolutely prepared to do so because the gospel of peace has made them ready. Think about it. The gospel the good news of Jesus Christ, the righteous, taking on my sin on the cross so that I might have his righteousness and be reconciled to the Father. That gospel is the source of peace for me. The relationship that I have with God right now because of the gospel is, is true and it's, it's one of perfect peace. And that makes me ready to walk into anything. And then we have a shield of faith extinguishing the flaming darts of the evil one. You know, a strong faith can withstand whatever is thrown at it. And a strong faith doesn't necessarily depend on the strength of the person holding it, but rather on how strong is the object of the faith. And faith in Jesus qualifies as the strongest shield you could possibly hope for. And it quenches the flaming arrows. So the picture here is like faith puts out the fire of his attacks, of our enemy's attacks before they can get to us. Then we have a helmet of salvation, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not really entirely sure why a helmet is connected to salvation. There's somebody out there who knows more than I do and could, could tell you. But I think one option could be that the mind needs the assurance of salvation, which we absolutely can have by faith in the gospel. Like when you know where you stand with God and what links he has gone to in order to save you, so much of Satan's falsehood just falls apart. We have also the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And all these other things that we mentioned before were protection. This one can serve as a protective purpose as well. It can block the blows of our enemies uh, that they might try to deliver. But it also is its own weapon. You know, the word of God cuts through the darkness. It's the clarifying truth that destroys falsehood. So if your enemy is holding a lie over you, take the truth of God's word to it, and it will not be able to stand against God's word. And then he says praying at all times in the spirit. And prayer doesn't always get a whole lot of mention when we list out the armor of God. But it almost feels like to me that Paul is concluding the armor with it. And why? I think it's because prayer is our access point to the source of all power. It's a reminder that we don't just wield all this armor and bear all this armor and, and wield this weapon in our own power. It's his strength and his might, like it mentioned in verse 10. So if I could sum up all this episode real quick. Here's a few things I would say. There's a spiritual dimension to the thoughts that you may be struggling with right now. And that's not to rule out biological reasons that we might have for some of the thoughts we have or difficult circumstances that we're 
facing or half face that might bring up some of these things in our minds. But whatever the case may be for you, if your mind is troubled, there is a spiritual war involved. There are enemies who do not want us to know God. They don't want us to live for Jesus. They don't want us to live in freedom and peace that comes from having this relationship that we have with him that we were made for. But there is hope. You don't have to face this in your own power. So let the power of the truth of God, starting with the gospel, destroy every false argument and lie of the enemy. Stand firm in God's armor, his truth, his righteousness covering you, his gospel of peace, uh, the, the faith that is yours by his grace, his salvation, and combat every lie with the word that he has given us, submitting yourself to him always in prayer. And one other thing I want you to think about is that you do not have to assume the role of victim of the thoughts or the worries or doubts or shame or temptations or whatever else might be on your mind. Jesus has won the decisive victory over the enemy already, and that victory is yours as you are in Christ. Listen to this passage of scripture from Romans 8, 31 through 39. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's awesome. Awesome encouragement for us. And I hope that you will rest in that truth, that the victory is already won. And you have what it takes in Christ to walk through whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that's on your mind. That's all for today. Remember this as we finish up. Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Grace and peace.